Hey, what's up, guys? It's Eric. They got little kids and girls on the team. Hey, guys, this is Joe. That's how you know they're not coming back. People only say goodbye when they plan on saying hello again. It's a rule. The citizens of Elma have just discovered their own field of dreams. And if you mow it, they will run. Kick it out! From the people who brought you Disney's Angels in the Outfield comes the story of the craziest soccer team to ever hit the field. Walt Disney Pictures, The Big Green. Now playing at a theater near you. Check newspaper for showtime. You're listening to Worth the Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Hey, Eric. Not too bad. How about you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I have to ask. This is the first time I've thought about this as I read the intro, but I think we should be clear that you never recommended this film to anyone. That's fair. (laughs) All right. All right. That's that's good. That's good. We should be clear now when we, when we do a movie that's, <laughs> we should be like, I know we say that in the intro and most of these we have recommended. Right. But, so other than that, how's it going? <laughs> Not too bad. Wrapping up our uh, summer courses this week and then we're getting ready for the actual school session that's started up in a few more weeks. So in a couple of weeks actually. So that's kind of uh, exciting. But I did watch, it's also today's, his, it's his birthday today, but Keanu Reeves he has a new movie called Bill and Ted Face the Music, and I watched over the weekend, and it was awesome. Really? I loved it. It might be my favorite out of the three. No way. All yeah. right, now I have yeah. to watch it. It was so good. It's not going to be my favorite out of three because I, I grew up, like I said when you watched it, I grew up with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. But the fact that if it can be anything, if it can just be not an embarrassment, I'll be beyond excited. It's a excited. ton of fun, and they find really cool ways to like play some fan service. So like we were talking about George Collins' character, what would they do with him? They Rufus. They, they play it really well, right? Yeah, they they do a really good job. Like, it's like a fun like little um, Easter egg with him, and like they just it wraps up the series with a nice little bow, and it's all fan service. But I'm totally I'm I'm okay with that. The movie's all we need. This movie's a happy film, no drama. The day that that my friend Scotty and I are both like huge Bill and Ted fans. And the day that that like the, that really got like the official news came out that they were doing that, he texted me, and I I'll never forget. It, he texted me that it was it was coming out, and we both texted each other back at the same time, and almost word for word, we both pretty much said like, "It's probably going to suck, but I can't wait to see it." And we both said almost exact the same time, but so no, that's awesome. If it's <laughs> no, like it's... I said, it, it doesn't even have to be great. If it's just. I think, like you said, one and three are the best. I think two is the worst of the three, but one still has, in my opinion, the best in the entire series would be when they go visit the future console with Robbie, 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 Rob, I think his name is in time playing. That scene is still the best in the series. Okay. That's good. I I texted you, but I, um, I watched, um, and I, and I, and I feel bad. Well, actually I'm kind of glad. So we're recording this on September 2nd and, um, I feel kind of bad because I, well, I'm glad I said it earlier, but I, I recently, I recently watched um, uh, Spike Lee's Netflix movie, uh, Defy Bloods, which obviously has uh, Chadwick Boseman in it, who um, very tragically passed away last week or earlier this week. Yeah. Can you believe, I, yeah, it was, uh, it was a Saturday 
Maybe. Can you yeah. believe he filmed all those movies while battling no. cancer? What a no. warrior, man. Yeah, and I'll be and I'll be honest. I um, I'm not super familiar with him because I'm, I I loved him in um, 42, and oh, I shouldn't say I love him. He was really good in 42, and and like so. But I'm just trying to say I'm not. I was. I can't say I was like a super fan of his or anything like that. But yeah, at that age to die like that is horrible. Um, but that this movie. The, the five bloods i feel like such a tool saying it that way the five bloods because i feel like i sound so awkward but that's how, how that's the, the, name of the, movie. the mayor the mayor from i was like keep on saying yeah. the mayor like instead of the mayor <laughs> right <laughs> not trying to be that's just the name of the, that's how the movie is written i'm just but um yeah no it was really good it was uh <clears throat> it was very you could totally see how people always there's a lot of comparisons and like compare and contrast between spike lee and, and tarantino and it was a very, it was the probably the most Tarantino movie that I can think of, in my opinion. I mean, just opinion, but that Spike Lee has done. But at the same time, it had like the cutting political stuff and, you know, um, sociological stuff that, that Spike Lee movies have. So I, I, I was a huge fan and, and it's a long movie. It's like two hours and 40 minutes or something like that. But it's very 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 good i would highly recommend if anyone that has um has netflix check it out and there's some stuff like it was filmed recently so that so there's you know mention of trump and so if you're like a a trump lover he he they they take some shots at him but it's they do one like relatively early in the film and what i would say is like don't let that turn you off to the film even if you like donald trump or whatever that's not what the whole movie's about so just get through that, watch the whole movie, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Was uh, Chadwick, is he the lead in that movie? No, no. Okay. So, and this isn't spoiling anything, if you because this is all like in the trailer, but so the the premise of the movie is it's um, this handful of um, uh, black U.S. Army guys who were in Vietnam together, and they're, I don't know if he's their commander or... I don't, I think he's their commander, but I can't remember if he's their commander or just, um, they look up to him so much. Like they say throughout the whole movie, he was the greatest soldier I've ever, you know, I've ever met. And he's the man is this guy named Norman. And that's who, um, Chadwick plays. And he, they go back to get two things to his body because he died in Vietnam and he was left over, um, in enemy territory or whatever. And then there's also, um, like some money that they were, they left there, like they buried there. So they go back for those two reasons. But um, it's, it's, it's a really, I would say just watch the trailer. That's what got me as I just watched the trailer and I was like, Oh, that looks like a really good movie. And it was, and it takes some twists and turns. And um, it's like I said, it's, it's very Tarantino-y in that way. And, but it's, it's a really good movie and, and it's two and a half or two hours and 40 minutes, but I think it's a relatively, you know, quick moving film. So I, I, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised. Yeah. I pl- I'm going to try and watch that this weekend. That'd be a nice a transition from Bill and Ted face the music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice knock you down a couple of things. <laughs> um, so before, so Joe can give you his reason of why we're, or, you know, why he picked it, but uh, we're doing the 1995. Yeah. 1995 uh, movie soccer kids sports movie the big green and i said last week's episode 
<clears throat> that I didn't have a beer that I, I don't know if I said it on, on, on the recording, but I couldn't really find a beer that fit that. And then I rewatched the movie and I had this beer in my fridge that the minute I watched this film, I was like, Oh, I can use that beer. So the beer is from what brewer is it from? It's from Jay Wakefield brewing in Florida. It's called hops for teacher. Hold on. Hops for teacher. Oh, that's cool. So this is Steve Gutenberg in the big green crushing <laughs> on uh, Karen Arnold uh, from uh, wonder years, Olivia Diabo. So um, that's what I'm drinking. I Joe. have, I have a, a Bud Light. Lime. Joseph. Li- I know. Lime, though. You. Lime. I know. It's all I have for that was green. It has, like, the green, like, logo on it, like, the green Ugh. giant lime. I, it's the big green, so I had to go with the big okay. green lime. The big right. green lime. Well, nobody's perfect, I guess. So. <laughs> I, was actually, I was actually saying this for, like, I've had this forever. I was going to say it for Fast and Furious when we get to that someday. I've had ne- this. We never, got to, we never got to that, so. <laughs> this is just... I've had this, and the reason why I originally bought this for was um, Someday We'll Do Varsity Blues. Okay. And when they go to the strip club and the teacher is dancing, hot, uh, hot for teacher is like what's playing. And so I, I saw this and I was like, oh, I'll grab it. And I've, you know, been meaning to, to pick, but you know how it is. Like you have all these movies listed and then something comes up and you're like, oh, I got to kind of do this one, do that one. And then I was like, this is sitting in my fridge for a while. So, <laughs> and then when, once I saw how creepy Steve Gutenberg was, with, <laughs> really Diablo, I was like, perfect. That so, beer can go with Billy Madison, Varsity Blues. Like, there are so many, like, really good, like, that That yep. really is, like, a common theme in the 90s, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Creepy obsessions with teachers, <laughs> yeah. Billy Madison, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. But anyway, so why did you pick this one, Joe? So it's a film. This happens to be, like, this, we talk about this quite frequently, but it's a film I want to revisit, honestly, since the movie scene days. I used to always walk past it in the movie scene aisles, and that cover just always stuck out to me. It's, the, it's like, my, it's my first memory of the film as well, so it's, this can go hand in hand with each other. Um, but I figured as the last week's episode, it was also a good transition to go from, to change that tone pretty drastically from the serious, the serious topic we covered to just going back now to a 90s film. Um, but it was, it's a film that I've only seen, I must've only seen once as a kid. I don't remember any scene from it. So revisiting this was completely fresh to me. I'm, yeah. So I've this is more in my wheelhouse just because of how old I was. I was 10 when this came out. So um, I have seen this movie quite a few times, I would think, but I don't remember anything about it. Like I, going into it, I was like, all I remember is that Patrick Renner was in it and that it was a soccer movie. And I thought, I think I remember that Gutenberg was in it, but I, even that was kind of like iffy, but. Yeah. I used to have a collection of those, um, VHS tips like those styrofoam like little yep. um those cases and this is one of the ones that for whatever reason I never bought like we, I used to have stacks, stacks of did you yeah, it's oh, like, yeah I had stacks of the sports movies and it's like this one never made the cut unfortunately yeah it 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 um we definitely had this one at one point um and that's kind of what I remember about it is that during this time it seemed like there was like this is one of a million movies that came out of my childhood like where it's like a sports kids movie. Some of them are great, like the Sandlot and some others. Some of them were not so great. Um, like uh, Rookie of the Year. Like, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, or this. Oh, yes. Spoiler alert. Um, and then the other thing I remember is like this. I remember growing up that there was like this big push for soccer. Like when I was a kid, soccer was like this, like f- almost like a foreign game and, I think because they thought of it as a safer sport, 
parents were pushing their kids to it, which come to find out like so many kids have like uh, concussion syndrome from heading soccer balls. But yeah, it's, um, it's fine. Like you said, I actually like, I actually like not like how you acknowledge that, how it's pretty much a foreign teacher comes in to like yep. show these kids soccer. Right. Cause I played soccer as a kid for like three years. I don't remember mm-hmm. any of those games with the exception right. of one when I was forced to be goalie because our, our coach never thought of a backup goalie plan, but that's yep. another, but it's like, like you said, soccer was never like really popular. It never took off in America. Uh, it's, and it's a shame because like, it's, it's, I, I watch it when it's on TV. I don't understand it fully, but I enjoy watching what I do watch. And I wish we kind of like, I wish it was kind of like, power power. Huh? I think it's still growing. I think it's still growing. Oh no, I think it, it for sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I played soccer for like, I feel like every kid that is my age, so I was born in 85 and I think every kid my age played soccer for like two years or th- like you said, three years growing up. But I, I, I never played more than that, but it, it's, it is a crazy, I have all the respect in the world for those people that, yeah, it, it it's nothing is like a sh- uh, more, nothing kills my opinion of, uh, someone's like sp- sports opinion faster than like making fun of soccer because it's like nine times out of ten it's like this like fat out of shape dude with a beer gut and he's like oh they just run around I'm like let me see you run to the bathroom and back without sweating through your shirt and whatever soccer back tough, and man. forth the entire time back and forth it's insane yeah, yeah soccer is not easy so um, yeah that's kind of what I remember is like the soccer <clears throat> the push for soccer and this being part of it and then obviously Patrick Rana that's that that this movie is like the power that should it's an example of the, how powerful the sandlot was is that you could put patrick ran on the cover and he you had a bunch of kids myself included who were like great ambino i'm in like sold and that was all i remember about this movie is the cover which is nice because like it was it was it was the great ambino on the cover and it's the, yep. i think that's the reason why i should mention i'll make another later on but that i think the reason why they chose that for the cover because he just got off the sandlot a few years right. before a couple years before and, and a few of the other people too, like um, Squints. Squints, but it's so crazy because I didn't remember that Squints was in this, and it just goes to show you how much of the Squints character in Sandlot was the glasses. And so all they did was they put different glasses on him, and they gave him long hair, and he looks like he did in Casper. I had no idea. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the kid that plays Newt, he was in Little Rascals. Yes, and I love. I was. I almost picked that a couple weeks ago. Just let you and, know. <laughs> and then one of the other kids, I was like, I had to look this up. I didn't recognize it, so I'm not trying to pretend like I knew. But uh, one of the other kids, his name's Billy Sullivan. And I was like, what is that kid from? Because he has a pretty like, distinct-looking face. And he was in Little Big League, which is a uh, baseball movie that I was going to pick. So they had like the who's who of 90s. Yeah, they had like know, almost like the – they what they like they went through all the big movies in the nineties, Little Rascals, Sandlot, whatever, and like they just got all the actors, all the big name child actors from that time, and like they almost made like this. I feel like that's what they're going for, like almost like the end all <laughs> kids sports they film. <laughs> they tried, <laughs> swing and a miss, but they, but they tried. <laughs> so, do you have any stats on uh, how it did financially? I I don't have a lot of stats, but yeah, the movie came out on September twenty ninth, nineteen ninety five. Had a budget of twelve million and it made seventeen point seven million in the box office, so it wasn't a hit. Yeah, no, it's not a hit at all. Um, it was written and directed by Holly Goldberg Sloan, who actually also wrote another '90s sports movie, Angels in the Outfield. Which oh. I thought was interesting. Yeah, because that's definitely the better of the better of the two for sure. I would assume. Yes, I was <laughs> not a long time either, but I do remember that being a little pretty good. So, but you know what's funny though, 
is, and we'll talk about this when we talk more about what the movie, like when you give the summary of the movie and stuff, but all the, all the 90s movies, but particularly 90s kids sports movies, but particularly those two, they have some pretty like dark undertones, like in Apes of the Outfield, it's like they're both foster kids. And there's like, there's a scene where like all of a sudden they think one of them, I don't remember, if, I don't remember, I haven't seen it in so long, but like the, he thinks one of them got adopted. So he thinks that he lost his brother. And, but you know, what's really, what he thinks of his brother. It's, so it's very, I mean, I haven't, obviously I don't watch kids movies nowadays, but I can't imagine that nowadays stuff like that is in kids movies. Cause you're just like, you, you want it to be a happy experience and right. You know, but they tried, they've made it, they made it very relatable back then. I try to make them relatable to certain crowds for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's for sure. And even like Mighty Ducks, like Charlie's Charlie Conway, like his dad's not in the picture. Gordon Bobby has to coach the kids because he gets pulled over for he gets a Dewey, and he, and they're like, "Your punishment is you got to coach little kids." It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, um, do you have any other stats, or is that pretty much it? That was pretty much it. Yeah. So as far as how it was received by critics, I have the IMD rate, IMDb rating, which is a five point seven out of ten. And then the other thing I have is I found an article from Screen Rant, a website called Screen Rant, ranking the worst 90s live action Disney movie. So we're not talking cartoon. We're, not, we're just talking 90s live action movies. And this one got the number one spot for the worst movie. Wow. Worst 90s Disney live action movie. Some other movies on the list, Kidding King Arthur's Court, Blank Check, Oh, no, that movie's awesome. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, awesome. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember that movie. I haven't seen really... it since I was like six. <laughs> That's just been a while for me too, but... Uh, Man of the House, Jungle to Jungle. No which way. Which I liked, I liked when I was a kid. <laughs> and then check this out, D2. Mighty Ducks 2. I was really? like, I don't... Yeah, and I'm not given. I'm a hockey guy, and the Mighty Ducks movies are not without their flaws, but I don't think D2 is... No way. That's one of the better sequels, in my opinion. Yeah, like, like they get the original worst. cast back, like everyone, like that was like. I can see people not liking like D three as much, but even that, I really I enjoy as well. That's kind of yeah. Odd. I, I didn't think it would be top ten, but this movie though isn't just top ten; it's the worst according to to Screen Rant. So Screen Rant, well, they were coming to fire recently. They were. Oh really? So course. Yeah. Uh, Saturday night after Chadwick passed away, their article, their their first article after his passing, immediately after. Um, talking, revealing his death, whatever it was, how will Disney fill the role for Black Panther now? So oh, like, wow. they wasted no time at all to get like to get those journalistic clicks on there. So, yeah, it's a little cold. Yep. Yeah. So they were not very liked for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Fair enough, right? So, this movie, we'll get into what we think of this movie in a little bit, but September of '95 was an interesting year or interesting month for, for film. So there's a couple really good movies that came out or maybe a few, depending on your opinion. Uh, Clockers from Spike Lee, which is um, another one of his, more, you know, better or more highly reviewed films. Empire Records, classic. We have to do that one soon or eventually. Seven with Brad Pitt and whatever. And then... Jesse Spano takes the stage in Showgirls, the stripper movie. I've never seen that movie, but I know. Wasn't that like, wasn't it? Was that was that Oscar? 
contending for, or is that? I don't know if I'm thinking of the right movie. Was if, that like? I don't know because when I saw that movie, it was because I was like ten years old and I wanted to see a movie with with strippers. So <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think it was, but I. I mean, you never and know. There might not be. I, I think. I, I, I think that, that movie, movie was. Are you thinking of um, striptease? With Demi Moore, maybe that's it. I know it was like a stripper-themed movie that was. I but I think I think either way, I think both of these movies, both both striptease and showgirls, I I don't think either one of them were award winners. I could be wrong. But... No, no, I think I I think I'm wrong. I, I, for whatever reason, maybe it was just the controversy behind the time. I'm not sure like why I I know that movie because I've never seen either of them. But yeah. Um. So let's leave that the Jennifer Lopez movie is the only stripper movie that get uh an Oscar nom so far, yeah. All right, fair enough. <laughs> that's that's it. So yeah, those, those it was a good month for films. So <clears throat> Clockers from Spike Lee, Empire Records, Seven, and then Showgirls. Other news that month: Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opened up in Cleveland. eBay was founded. I don't know what eBay looked like at that time, but maybe it was just on paper. But eBay was founded. Xena uh, Warrior Princess debuted on TV. And then Cal Ripken broke uh, Lou Gehrig's record with 2,131 consecutive games. And then this is one thing that I remember, like it was yesterday, O.J. Simpson's uh, murder trial went to jury. I don't think the verdict actually came out until October, but I remember like one of my first memories as a kid is where I was when that verdict when they announced that he was innocent i was like i could if i took you to the, like the outside school where i was like at recess or whatever i could point and be like i was right there i was like stuck in my head so it was actually a pretty crazy month i think compared to some of the other like more mundane boring months we've done yeah so do you have um to if someone hasn't seen the big green and they didn't hear your trailer do you have a quick summary to explain how the greatness that yes. is the big green if, if you haven't seen it i wouldn't blame you because it made a turn to me in the box office but it's on disney plus so fresh from england on a foreign exchange program teacher miss anna arrives in a small texas town where the local students don't have much to be happy about determined to boost their spirits anna forms a soccer team hoping the sport will help them out out of their funk but since they've never played before, she has her work cut off for her. She hopes that with her assistant coach, Sheriff Tom, she might have a chance to turn their lives around. So that, the, the whole plot, can we agree that... <laughs> Sheriff Tom! <laughs> can we agree that the, the only, or one of the only like redeeming qualities of this film is Miss, Miss Montgomery, Olivia Diabo, Karen Arnold from Wonder Years? It was her and Kate, without a doubt. Her and Kate are the only yep. redeeming parts of this movie. I would agree with that. So, now, <laughs> you touched on it in the in the when we talked about it before we started recording. But kids' movies nowadays, this was so dark. Like it's it's like they go to like an old broken down town in Texas. No one has any money. There's like single parent. Not that there's anything wrong with being a single parent, but like there's a lot of like. Like this, the, even the star kid that they pick up, like he lives in a trailer. And yeah. I know that there's, you have to have some reality and whatever, and you don't want to make it look like everyone lives in the suburbs. Like, I get that. I get that you have to show some, but this movie would never be made today. Oh, no. I tried making the transition from last week's episode to avoid like all this like dark topics and like, <laughs> but here we are again talking about race. And this is like, it's, it's crazy how, like you said, back in the 90s, this was still talked about and like, 
they tried making it relatable, which right. I don't think, like you said, this will never be made. So we said the best part of this movie, in my opinion, is, is Olivia Diablo. So I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name wrong. I'm I don't sorry. Know, I'm not sure. Yeah. But so she plays Miss Montgomery, the teacher that comes over. <clears throat> and so her big credit is Karen Arnold in the one years, the, the older sister. So one of my favorite shows of all time. She did have some film credits. She was Princess Jenna in uh, 1984's Conan the Destroyer. But uh, a lot of her work was TV. She had The Wonder Years, Star Trek, Law and Order. She was also in Kicking and Screaming, not the soccer movie, the original Kicking and Screaming, which is a movie that we will 150% be doing uh, on the podcast soon or eventually. But that, that, um, she, she, other than that, she does a lot of voice work, which is kind of surprising because she's a base. She's she still doing that rec- as of now, like presently. She's so she's still doing voice work, or is that just kind of like? Yeah, I think so. She she did um uh in the latest in 2019 in she did Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. She did voice work on that. Oh wow! Yeah, so it, it's but it's weird though because like you think of everyone makes the joke like, Oh, I have a face for radio and stuff like that. She's a very pretty girl. So it's like, and given she has a great accent, she's, you know, that's awesome. But like, I don't know, but I thought she was very good. Seriously. The only thing I liked about this movie pretty much was her. She's, she's awesome. So moving on from Olivia, we have Steve Gutenberg who played deputy dog, Sheriff Tom. He was in Diner in 82 Police Academy in 84, 85, 86, 87. Cocoon in 85, Three Men and a Baby in 87. Uh, he struggled to get out of the 80s. And this was him like spinning his wheels, trying to find a place. And the fact that he struggled to get out of the 80s, for that, I am thankful. I have, you know how you have like actors or celebrities that I don't have any reason to dislike Steve Gutenberg. Like he never did anything to me, but I do not like Steve Gutenberg. He, I don't know what it is. I have no, he's just not my favorite. See, I love him just because of Three Men and a Baby. That's I, I love that movie growing up. So like I think I, I like that movie spot. growing up too, but like I don't know. When I was watching this movie too, like Gutenberg's from like New York City or I think like New Jersey or something. I'm like, there wasn't another actor that you could get. He sounds like me doing a southern accent, which is if you were from the South and you heard me do that, you'd like spit your drink out. It's it's horrible. But he's so yeah, that, that's the worst. He's also the worst cop I've ever seen, but that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, Patrick Renna, the the poster boy for the movie, the the reason people went. Um, no, no actor, I don't think, in my opinion, has done less, but represented an entire generation more than Patrick Renna, for better or for worse. So he's obviously he's in Sandlot, he's in this, and then on TV he was in Boy Meets World. So like just just cameo appearances, but Boy Meets World, Salute Your Shorts, he is my childhood. Like, Patrick Granite is my childhood. And for a while, he hasn't re- released a new one for in a little bit, but for a while, he was doing a podcast, and um, it was actually pretty cool, depending on the episode. He seems like a pretty cool guy, um, and I'm a huge Patrick Granite fan, so, yeah. And then another Sandlot alum, who doesn't have really a big part in the movie, but uh, Chauncey Leopardi plays Evan, Right there with Patrick. He was in Sandlot. He was in Boy Meets World. He was in Casper, like we talked about. He was in House Guest with uh, Sinbad, Big Green, Seventh Heaven, Freaks and Geeks. He's like just doing the tour of the 90s. So um, I'm not going to go on past that. There's, like we said, there's a bunch of other kids that you might know from from something. Um, but 
those are the, those are the big ones. So, um, did you have anything for for random facts? Just the one that we kind of discussed in the beginning, I believe. Um, the actor who played. Um, so Anthony uh, Anthony uh, Esquivel Esquivel. Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, he was he was one in the movie, and he actually played soccer in real life. And he went to, um, if I'm processed right, Furman University, where he also yeah. played soccer. Yeah, and he's a stud. He, oh yeah, he was, and then he ended, he he ends up becoming a assistant coach, and I believe he's now a, a coach there. Yeah, no. so and he's definitely can, they they did a good job casting him for the role for sure as a soccer player because. And when I looked at his like I, don't, I think it was like his IMDb or something, I think this is like the only thing he did. So it's almost like they were it like, is. we need a kid who's like you know looks like an actor and can play soccer. And he did this movie. And then whether it was his choice or Hollywood's choice, he was not sucked into the Hollywood lifestyle. He was like, I just want to play, play soccer. And, and it worked out for him. So yeah. Like even his Twitter, like he takes it all hard. His Twitter account is coach a Esquivel. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's, um, it's pretty clear when, like when you see him playing that it's like soccer is one of the, well, I mean, any sports like this, but, there's like most sports like you can do like if you're a relatively athletic person you can do like one or two things like you can like you might be able to like you're not a good basketball player but you can like dribble for two seconds and look like you might know what you're doing and but when you see him doing that scene where like they first see him play and he's like running all over the place like bouncing the ball off his head you're like oh that kid's that kid's legit he's different so yeah yeah, I didn't have any fun facts either because this movie wasn't very fun. <laughs> there, but... were, there were a lot of fun facts I could find anyways. So. No. So Steve, <laughs> the, the, and I told Joe this before, but Steve Gutenberg, this is a fun fact that I found, and, and they actually put online with a serious face, Steve Gutenberg gained over 12 pounds in preparation for his role as Sheriff Tom Palmer. And if you look me in the face, with like straight face, and try to tell me that Steve Gutenberg put on weight for his role in the big green i will slap you in the face he had to have just gone on a bender eating pizza and drinking beers and you know which is fine you know we've all we've all been there but then he tried to chalk it up to like you know being daniel day lewis and christian bale and the machinist so yeah i don't have any fun facts other than that but other than that's a pretty fun fact i can only imagine i'm gonna picture Steve Gunnberg just sitting there eating burger after burger, trying to get ready for this role. Just like he's like, like, I had to. I, this is the role of my career. This is it. I, I got his girlfriend or his wife. His girlfriend or his wife. I don't know what it's or his boyfriend. Or I don't know what his situation is. But they're like, "Honey, what are you doing?" He's like, "I need this. <laughs> I need this big Shia role." Buffs pulling teeth out of his mouth, and then we have Steve Gunnberg putting on twelve pounds with a big green. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Honey, the kid that played the great Hambinos in this film, I need this role." <laughs> I need this role. So um, that's it for fun facts. It's, it's, like that's actually a pretty fun fact. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So for not in this millennium, things that wouldn't fly, what do you, what do you have down? I have, I have a few notes. I have a few notes. Of, like, it's really like, oh, we were talking about in the pet in the beginning already, the racism. It's really starting to keep on coming back to this. Um, racism is still super relevant. Um, the way Sheriff Tom Cruise, the teacher, throughout the entire film, he was literally super inappropriate. Super inappropriate, and I'm pretty sure in the beginning, like when she's jogging, he like knew she was gonna be jogging there. Like he knew where she was gonna be at that moment. I, I, oh, I have a and sense. Then he, and then he makes up like a bank robbery to 
to talk to her. Yeah. And he pretty much, yeah. this is his job. I'm pretty sure he might be the only cop on the in the town. And he's over there yeah. teaching it. But anyways, and uh, also if I ever saw a coach wielding a sword on a soccer field, I'd probably react differently than everyone else did. Oh, that guy was horrible. He sucked. Yep. And um, yep. And then how about when Juan first arrives and they're calling him Juwan, like they don't know how to pronounce Juan. It's like, how do you, even in 1995, it's not like 1840. You live in Texas. You don't know how to say Juan. You know what I mean? You're yeah. even, even if you did live in Texas, even if you lived in like whatever the further, like Minnesota, you, there's baseball players named Juan. There's actors named Juan. Like, you know how to say Juan. It's not a complicated name. So yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Race was super, like I said, I, I do give him credit though for touching upon race back then because it's like it's a <clears throat> subject and it's like it's you know I see that kids from kids from today but like I feel like they were trying to trying to make a point across you know back then didn't go over it didn't they didn't get to their where they want to be I don't think but yeah I would give them more credit if they if they tackled it more head on and I, know, I agree but, that's one that's one of the things I actually write later yeah. on but I agree and it wasn't like it's not like I'm saying like oh this movie offended me or whatever it was just although I could see depending on your situation it being offensive but it was just stupid and just like crappy and then gutenberg calling everyone midgets the whole movie every time a kid says something he's like zip it midgets and uh threatening to hit the kids like when they're driving to the first game and they're all like fiddling with stuff in his cop car because he's you know using his cop car that he doesn't use for police work to drive to the game (laughs) (laughs) he's like they're like fiddling with stuff in the car and he's like i'll tan your hide it's like are you threatening to beat the children that you're he takes you know, them all. He does them all. Joy ride their cop car, his cop car after in the open field. Yeah, that's which, a fun scene. Which we'll 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 go over that. We'll go over that later. But <laughs> that's one of there's like certain scenes in kids sports movies from the '90s where they're just like, all right, we need a scene where the kids are going on a fun ride because when you're a kid, that's what you want. You want someone to just like floor it, yeah, or whatever. But um, but yeah, it was it was bad. So what? That was a bad scene. What was your favorite scene in the movie? Oh, wait, we talked about our bad scenes just now? <laughs> yeah. That was... I, I had more, though. It's okay. I, I had more of that. I, okay, so real quick, I forgot to talk my, my favorite scene here. All right, so I had to mention that Larry is the worst goalie I've ever seen in any film. The fact that he still played through all those games yep. and they never, ever tried to replace him with anyone else on the team to see how they would do is whatever. But now moving on to the actual scenes, the way soccer mm-hmm. season, the way this season is portrayed in this movie we only saw a few games and not that many wins and they make it to the finals. And when I think of sports movies featuring kids, the Mighty Ducks always comes to mind with yep. how well they handle the balance between character development and the progression of the season. We see both, we know the characters and we see them winning and losing games. So it's like this, it's a really good balance between the two of them. And this movie made zero sense in that aspect. They sucked. They won like maybe one or two games and then they're in the finals. And I also hated that the racist father actually had the nerve to stand next to Juan's mom after being half the reason she almost got deported and mm-hmm. the fact that we're just supposed to accept- no, 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 real quick stop for a second oh sorry if i want you to think of if you've never seen this movie this is a kid's movie a kid's soccer movie <laughs> from 1995 and repeat the sentence that you just said right. <laughs> a disney movie so i hit i hit the racist father and how he actually had the nerve to stand next to Juan's mom after being half the reason why she almost got deported. Like, what? Yeah. Like, what? And the fact that we're just supposed to accept that he's trying to change because he attended one of his daughter's events. <laughs> he's like, he's a good character now. I'm like, he's what all right. is happening? <laughs> he's all right. He, everybody makes mistakes. 
again, the character development and the balance is just a mess in this movie. <laughs> so, did you, I'm sorry, did you, in that whole thing, did you have a favorite scene? I can't remember. Okay, so, not really. <laughs> 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 All right, so, um, I also did not like one more scene where I was going to add, okay? Like, this yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Like, <laughs> the scene when everyone's playing soccer together and the rain and the mud is just the most out of place dragged out happy scene i've yep. seen in a, in a film it's it goes on for like six minutes and it's literally the most cringeworthy scene we have these fathers the parents and everyone's trying to get supposed to get the ball you know that's the original goal is to get the ball from the kids so they can go inside but it just continues and carries on and carries on and carries on and i'm like this is the worst <laughs> and it's so it's so out of place because the whole movie, all these parents are horrible. So if it was consistent, like the scene when um the him, because what happens is, uh they're like you know the, I think it's like him the kid that Patrick Renna his character's mom or dad is like, come on get in the car and he's like why don't you come and get it and if it was consistent with the rest of the movie the dad or the mom would be like get in the fucking car you piece of shit <laughs> and just like threaten to threaten to beat him or something but they're like oh let's have a a fun playful romp yeah. in the mud yeah <laughs> but i so this is <clears throat> this is where i kind of like where i'm kind of disappointed this movie sucks so bad it's <laughs> the first half of the film the first act of the film i thought it could have been good a couple of friends a new teacher trying you know to try on a new sport but for whatever <clears throat> reason like they put the sport on the back burner they bring on some deep topics like the drunk father and getting deported and then they quick, quickly wrap those wrap them up without like some real life consequences around them so it's like why would you bring those into the film to begin with all right no. it's just like focus on soccer and maybe the drunk father and leave like everything else out of there or something but like it's they brought too much yeah. to the table and they just didn't i think that's up. i think that's it like if that's a good way of thinking of it because like a movie like hoosiers right like hoosiers is one of the greatest sports movies ever and they have the one dad who like everybody knows is not a good guy and that's whatever so you can have that, but this movie, just the world around these kids, and I know that this, like, you know, the world's not like sunshine and rainbows and stuff, but, like, the world around these kids is just so dark for the entire movie. And I agree with you. My favorite scene, and this is, like, I had to force myself to pick one, but my favorite scene was Miss Montgomery's first class scene where, like, the kids are being little shits, kind of, and the kids are saying, like, oh, we know we're all losers and whatever. And she's like doing her best to try to like, you know, change their view of the world and uh, of themselves and whatever. It made you like her, which is good because that's the only thing I like in the entire movie is her. But um, yeah, other than that, the the other, so that was my favorite scene, I guess, if you want to call, call it that. But the other scene that I had to make note of because it's it's like a super common it's a 90s kids sports movie staple is you take a bunch of kids who have no ability like they've, they've never played the sport whatever the sport is in their life they have no athletic ability they've never played the sport and if you put together like a training montage of them practicing the fundamentals of the sport and then follow it up with a scene of them getting new equipment <laughs> they can instantly compete with kids who have been playing their entire life. Like I think of the scene in Mighty Ducks where like none of the kids could even skate. And then they, they get some new pads some new skates, some new jerseys from Mr. Duckworth. And all of a sudden they're like competing against the, like 
25 years running state championship team. That motivation, man. That's what they needed. Yep. <laughs> yep. So. I do say that. I did like, as a front of ice fan, Matt Harrison's grandmother. Making Who's the jerseys, uh, As a front of ice oh, fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matt Harrison's grandmother is in that movie. Yep. And she yep. was one of the ones. Um, she was helping make the first set of jerseys, which I, I didn't realize that was her until that scene, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Yep, she's, she's great in that show. Yeah, and that in that show, yes. <laughs> in that show specifically, yes. Focus more on that if you <laughs> want to follow the career. So, do you have any notes for the soundtrack? Um, I put the music wasn't bad. I enjoyed a couple yeah, of the licensed tracks in the film. And the main theme of the movie that played throughout the times, uh, throughout the certain scenes, was very '90s. So it's I didn't have a problem with it. I agree. I think I think the music was, you know, pretty good for especially compared to the character development, the script writing, the acting, the directing, all that stuff. The soundtrack was probably the best part other than, you know, Miss Montgomery. So um, if you could change one thing, you got to pick one. I mean, I kind of already touched upon with the worst scene, and I think that kind of carries into it. They had way too much going on in this movie. Yeah. I get they're trying to, like, to develop these characters and, like, make us feel for them, but the drunk father was enough, like I said, with um, Kate. With Kate, that right. could have been a focus. She could have been like the lead, and that could have been the focus, like trying to deal with her problems. But bringing on in a ninety-minute film now, or ninety-five-minute film, whatever it is, yep. Bringing on Juan's character, <clears throat> and then not being his mom not being legal, and then being deported, almost but deported. It's like there was just too much happening. And every time you say that, I'm like, it's unreal. It really yeah. is, and it's like it's, and the fact that like they get that happens towards the end of the film it's like they don't have a lot of time to wrap this up in a clean fashion so it's like it's already going to be a mess like you know it's going to be a mess right from when they announced that you know what i noticed too and this isn't what i wrote down but the difference between like patrick renna and the, the kid basically like the kids in the sandlot like the fact that these kids were a little bit older or at least they seem like a little bit older and because they like you you give you're less um forgiving of kids for their mistakes when they're like you know there's like being a little kid who's like innocently a wise ass and then there's like some of the comebacks and everything like patrick Renner like making all these comments about how steve gutenberg was trying to get with his teacher which he totally was but like if you're a kid and you're you can't have the innocence of like a kid and then know that stuff and say that stuff as well. So the whole group of kids, which is way less likable than, you know, and we didn't get to know any of them really. Like the only thing about the mighty ducks is we know all these characters in the mighty ducks in the sandlot, but these characters, I think, you know, like maybe Juan, Kate and um, Larry. And then later on during like the, um, when they're going for the overtime, the penalty shot, we learn Sophia, we learn like, uh, right. It's like we didn't learn these, we didn't know these characters beyond this before this. So it's kind of like right, and that is that is like a tough thing about um, soccer movies in general, or like sports movies. They should have just picked, they should have just picked the three or four kids that they wanted to have you know about and focus entirely on them, and then just have people in the background, right. like even in the Sandlot, like Timmy and Tommy Timmons, like Bertram. There's there's kids in that movie who you know who they are, right. but like the movies about Benny the Jet and Smalls, and then like they obviously the Hambino gets more, Squints get more, yeah yeah, but other than that, there's a, there's a handful that you're just like yeah they're there, but you know this right. movie could have done that too. Well, 
I mean, this movie could have done a lot of things differently. But... And those movies did really well. Like, we knew, you know, their names still. You know their names. Yeah. Like, we know half these students' names. Like, there's a full class of kids, and we only know like five of them. Maybe like, I finished names. this movie. I finished this movie six hours ago. I don't know any of them. <laughs> I'm serious. I I keep calling Patrick Rena Patrick Rena or the Great Hambino because I'm like I don't I don't know. <laughs> I always want to know his name is Larry because his jersey says Larry. Some of his last yeah. name is Larry's first name. <laughs> so it's right. Like, um, so the thing that I wrote down for if I could change, and this will probably be the case for every movie he's in, if it's a movie we cover, which hopefully doesn't happen that often, but get out of the movie, Steve Gutenberg. For some reason, I just don't like him. Like I said, it's not personal. It's a New York City guy thing, it whatever. It's pretty personal. <laughs> I know. It sounds like he like, I don't know, like slashed my tires or something, but it was his whole character. I was just like, why are you even here? They could have done the exact same thing, but with like, a, had it be like another teacher at the school who was like, maybe had a crush on, on Miss Montgomery, but like, wasn't so creepy about it or like had the, had him have him have the crush. But then the fact that the kids are like pretty much saying like, Oh, deputy dog, she's trying to bang Miss Montgomery. Like they're pretty much just saying it. It's like, it was uncomfortable i know they could have found any other character than to get the one cop who runs the town to like leave continue uh, uh, frequently to soccer games like it would just made more sense like you said with a teacher or like a parent maybe or you know kind of right. like the my ducks fruit since they're kind of trying to go they're trying to kind of mimic nice what sounds anyway they should have gone that route and like have the coach get close to the parent or something yeah i don't know why that happened in in sports movies in the nineties where there was always like the coach or like an older figure, like in rookie of the year, it was Gary Busey and then the mom. And then I know they didn't end up like getting together, but there was definitely, you definitely were getting that feeling. Yeah. And then obviously money docs. Yeah. So I think we've talked enough about the big green for the rest of my life. <laughs> if you've uh, listened to the podcast before we rate movies on a scale of one to five, would you mind paying the late fee to keep this movie? So one is you're going to watch the movie. You're going to get to maybe the scene where they talk about deporting someone's family and you're going to turn it off. You're not even going to finish it. You're just going to return it because you don't want to pay a late fee on it. Or a five, you go all the way up to a five where you're willing to keep the movie a few extra days, pay some late fees on it so you can show your friends the movie, maybe even just buy it from the video rental store. So it was your pick, Joe. So I go first, correct? So I had low expectations for this one. And then it was worse than I thought it was going to be. I wanted to get some joy out of it. But but the thing is, well, so I wanted to get some joy out of it, even if it was just nostalgia. But I will say that it was so bad that it was a little bit enjoyable because it was, <laughs> it was at least funny. And there were so many moments where I was like, oh, they did this in like the Mighty Ducks or they did this in the Sandlot. But in all those movies, they did it way better. Steve Gutenberg sucks. The only character I didn't hate was Miss Montgomery. Um, but even her character could have been better. Not her fault, like just the character itself. The small town just like so down and out with the alcoholic racist father. It was just sad. You watch these movies to be happy and this movie's horrible. Like it's, it's just a kick in the nuts. And um, I think I've done this before. With other, I think I, did, I said this when we did Rookie of the Year, but I want to call up all the parents of the 90s, including my own parents, and apologize for making them sit through these movies. Because like some of them, like The Sandlot, I'm like, my dad, I could probably get my dad to watch The Sandlot tomorrow. It's a good movie. But some of these movies, you're like, God. So all that said, scale of one to five. I was going to give it a one, 
but I want to pad Olivia, Olivia's Miss Montgomery stats, Olivia Diabo, or however you say her name, 1.5 for me. So, Joe, what's your score? So, this film's first three minutes got me thinking I was going to like going into like this beautiful movie about Frenchman soccer. Instead, when they're about to sit down and have a snack, they throw cheese curls all over their bodies, have birds eat now, off Who was them. that? We didn't even talk so, about that. So, that right there should be enough for me to realize I should get in some dumb territory with this film. That scene was so And stupid. the kid's like, the kid goes, why do we do it? And he goes, it's what we do every day. It's like, what is wrong with you? So, that should be like the first reflect of what I was getting into. Some real dumb, some real dumb filmmaking. This movie really tried to recapture what the Sandlot had. This came out just a couple years before, and instead of baseball, they tried with soccer. I mean, they even have two actors from the Sandlot act in the big green, Squints and Hamilton. But I did enjoy the new teacher, like we just talked about. She was probably one of the highlights, uh-huh. trying to explain a popular sport to stupid Americans. She was also probably the best part of the movie, along with Katie. It has very few charming moments, uh, but it falls well under the radar of all the other 90s kids sports movies. I also get a 1.5. All right. So. so that's good. We were on the same page. I was going to give it a one. I had a one typed up and then I was like, no, you know, Miss Montgomery, I don't understand why she didn't have a better film career. She's awesome. Not just from this. We'll, we'll do kicking and screaming someday. And you'll be like, oh, have you seen that? Yeah, no, I mean, I've only seen the, uh, the remake. I haven't seen the original. It's not a remake. It's, it's oh, a it's totally different, different movie. that okay. just happens to have the same. Yeah. So, okay. So moving, uh, the beer, by the way, hops for teacher. So Gutenberg for uh, Miss Montgomery. The beer was good. So that's good. It's one positive I took out of this whole experience. In closing, uh, follow us on Instagram, worth a lead fee. Suggestions always welcome. We'll be back next week, and next week's my pick. Um, so my next pick, my last pick was the 80s, and then this pick is going to be the 90s. The year is 1998. You're awkwardly dancing with a girl at your middle school dance. Aerosmith comes on. You don't want to close your eyes. You don't want to fall asleep. <laughs> We're doing Armageddon. Yes. All right. Yes. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I think this is a, this is the perfect movie for this. And I and I, I I can get Bree to at least watch it with me. Probably. Maybe not be on the podcast, but at least oh, watch. She watched it with Big me. Green. No. <laughs> no. I watched Big Green. Uh, the lights off on lunch. Off. Yeah. On lunch breaks while I'm while I'm working. But. <laughs> So then, uh, uh, so the big green area one. So real, yep. it's a forgotten yep. film. <laughs> By Patrick Renner. But check out Patrick Renner's podcast. It really is pretty. If you're like a a 90s geek like myself, his podcast is fun to listen to. And then also the other one is the one that the, the brothers from Pete and Pete do. Um, that's another fun one. But yeah, other than that, we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry about this choice. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>